The Ambassador at Ras al Hag, Chapter 3, 5 Become 1, Part 1. Evening Sounds On the Road to the Village It was almost sunset when Mike and Biani left the village and started back to the training compound. The raised dirt road was more than wide enough for several people. Deep gullies were cut on each side to take the ring. On one side of the road there was an orchard, on the other side a field of barley. Biani had a long staff across her shoulders with two bags of rice on each end and a bushel of green vegetables on her back. Several small bags hung across her shoulders. Micah had a long staff across her shoulders with oranges and potatoes on each end, a long bag of peanuts wrapped around her neck, and a bushel of noodles on her back. Biani slowed her step. Wait just a minute, Micah. I need to adjust these bags, she said. We got a lot today. She bent her knees to lower the bags to the ground and took the pole off her shoulders. Micah put her bags down, too. Enough for several weeks, if we're careful. What do you think, 40 minutes, she asked. And Biani shook her head. I don't think it will take us that long. Besides, it's going to be dark soon. I'd rather not be out here. The crickets are already making a lot of noise, she said. Micah laughed. You should hear them at midnight. They keep me awake sometimes, she said. They both chuckled. Biani sat down. The market was so crowded today. It's nice to be out here where, she, where it's quiet, she said. Micah grinned. You just complained about the crickets. Biani smiled. You know what I meant. Micah looked puzzled. No, I don't. You sound like Master Ty. Biani laughed. Think about what we were listening to in the village. So many people talking all at the same time. All going here and there with their different activities. So much noise. Compare that to what we can hear now. It's so quiet. All we can hear are the crickets. Micah smiled at her. Okay, I take your point, she said. Wait, listen, what's that? She stood up and looked around. Biani stood up and turned her head from side to side. That way, she said, pointing toward the orchard. Hold on, in the gully beside the road. Micah and Biani ran to the edge of the road and looked down into the gully. It was easily a ten-foot drop. The sides were not solid. They slid down and stood up. Micah looked at Biani. Which way? Biani closed her eyes, lowered her head, and slowed her breathing. She looked up. There, she said, pointing to a cluster of tall weeds. Micah got there first. It's Maru, she said. She's barely breathing. Maru's face was cut and bloody and so swollen she looked like she had no eyes. Micah, Maru said. I, I can't move. I'm hurt. So I see, Micah said. Shush, we're here, she said, gently brushing Maru's hair with her hand. Biani knelt down next to Maru. Oh, no, no, she said, tears streaming down her face. Maru, who did this to you? What happened, she asked. Maru looked at Biani and passed out. Micah looked at Biani. One of us has to go get Galen, she said. She took off her outer tunic and put it over Maru. Biani shook her head. No, we need to get her out of here. Micah nodded. Okay, go hide the food, bring the poles. Biani nodded. She used her skills to make herself light and quickly climbed up to the road. She buried everything but the small bags, noodles, and vegetables. Then she picked up the poles and mostly slid back down to where Micah was sitting with Maru. She took off her outer tunic and put the poles through the sleeves. 
and she picked up Micah's tunic and put the poles through it so there was an overlap. She tried to separate them. That will hold, she said. She looked at Micah. How do we get Morrow up to the road, she asked. Micah looked at Biani. When you went up, how long before you started to slide, she asked. Biani shook her head. Before my weight reached half, it's sand, she replied. Micah nodded. Come here and sit with Morrow. I need to take a look, she said. Biani curled up next to Morrow on the ground. She wrapped her arm above Maru's head and leaned over her to keep her warm. I got you, sis. I got you. I'm here. I got you, she whispered. Micah returned. I tried a couple of places. It's all the same, she said. She looked at Biani and then at the top of the slide. Take the stretcher up to the road and come back, she said. Biani got up. What are you thinking, Micah, she asked. I'm going to carry her, Micah replied. Biani looked at the sides and shook her head. I barely made it. We have to find another way. With Maru, you won't make it. You will both fall, she said. Micah stood taller, squared her shoulders, and looked hard at Biani. You will be behind us. You are nimble and strong. You will not let us fall, she said. Biani took a deep breath and nodded. She took the stretcher up and returned quickly. Micah knelt down next to Maru. She gently moved her arms so they crossed her chest. Maru, I need to pick you up. Try to be small and light, she said as she slid her arm under Maru's back. Maru winced. Other side hurts, she said. Micah moved to Maru's right side. Okay, she asked. Okay, Maru said. Her head dropped against Micah's shoulder and she passed out again. Micah tucked her arm under Maru's knees, pulled her close, and stood up carefully. Rest on me. I've got you. I've got you, she whispered. Micah looked at Biani. Biani nodded. Let's go, Micah said. She took a deep breath and settled her weight, blending it with Maru's to center through both of them. She looked at the side of the gully where Biani had been. She could see the trail. She took another breath. She left almost no footprints as she went up the side. She reached the top with Maru safely cradled in her arms. Biani was just behind them. How did she? she asked. Micah smiled. Same as you, she replied. Maru helped. Let's get her settled. Micah's knees wobbled and her arms shook as she knelt down to gently lower Maru onto the makeshift stretcher. Biani looked at her sideways. Nah, you did way more than me, she said. Micah stood up and pointed to the small bags, noodles, and vegetables. We need to bring these or we'll lose them, she said. She set two of the small bags across her shoulders and picked up the noodles. Then she knelt down and took hold of the poles in the front. Biani nodded. She picked up the vegetables and put the other two small bags across her shoulders. She knelt down and took hold of the back. Ready, she said. They stood up together. Micah turned her head to look at Maru. She looked at Biani and tightened her jaw. Let's go, she said. She set a quick pace. Maro began twitching back and forth as they ran. Micah, not so fast. It's too bumpy for her, Biani said. Micah slowed down. Shift her weight to your shoulders, she said. Let your arms take the bumps. Keep your elbows in and your shoulders down. Biani adjusted her arms and looked down at Maro. Much better, she said. Micah took a deep breath. Good. Can we pick up the pace, she asked. Yes, Biani replied. They ran faster. When it's time. Maru, Micah, and Biani's room. It was late when they got back to the training compound. Everyone was sleeping. They went in through a side gate near their quarters. 
They took Maru to their room and set the stretcher on her bed. They dropped their bags. Do we need to move her? Bianni asked. Micah shook her head. Try not to move her. Just pull out the poles, she said. They each took one of the poles and pulled them out of the shirts they'd used to make the litter. Bianni took the poles and set them in a corner. She went to heat some water to make a soothing ointment. She took a box of dried white flowers out of the cabinet. She set it on the table and went to get a bowl from the shelf. Micah looked down at Maru. She shook her head and went to get another shirt. She changed, picked up a short black cloak, and started for the door. Bianni turned around to see Micah putting on her cloak. No, Micah, you can't go, she said. She stepped forward to take Micah's arm. No, she said again. Micah pulled away. I'm not going to stay here, she said. Bianni shook her head. Micah, you can't go out now. You can't. You could hurt someone, she said. That's exactly what I intend to do, Micah said. Bianni shook her head again. You can't go alone and I won't leave her, she said. Micah stopped pacing. She nodded to Bianni and looked at Maru. She shook her head and sobbed. Why, who wouldn't do this? You are so gentle and kind. Why did they hurt you? Who could do this to you? She asked and started pacing again. Bianni brought the bowl with a warm ointment and set it on the table next to Maru's bed. Micah started out the door again. Micah, no, Bianni said, and she stepped between Micah and the door. I feel the same anger, but we cannot go now. She put her hand on Micah's shoulder. We must wait, she said, a cold, hard fire in her eyes. Micah took a step to go around her. I'm not going to sit here doing nothing, she said. Bianni moved in front of her again. What are you going to do, she asked. She had heard the same commitment in Micah's voice at the library when Galen was in trouble. I don't know, Micah said. She started pacing again. Micah, you can't go now, Bianni said again. Micah bristled. The hell I can't. Don't tell me what I can do, she said. Bianni frowned and looked at her sharply. Listen to yourself, she said. So, Micah said. Bianni shifted back and turned her head to one side. How much damage would you do right now, Micah? She asked. She knew. She'd seen Micah do some things in class and in practice. There wasn't much that would stop her once she got started. It was as if she could tap some bottomless well that always had more strength and energy. She had a warrior's heart, no shortage of skills, and she was more than angry. Micah stopped pacing, took a breath, and pulled up her shoulders. Quite a lot, she said, the fire in her eyes clear and bright. They will regret this, she said. Mara tried to raise her hand. Centaur she whispered and passed out again. Bianni looked at Maru. Centaur was the only one who could stop Micah. You stay here with her, she said firmly. Stay here with Maru, she said again. She grabbed a jacket and ran out the door. Micah nodded to her. I won't leave her. Hurry. Maru needs help, she said. And the longer we wait, the less chance there is of finding the ones that did this. I won't leave her, she said. She knelt down by the bed, dipped a small cloth in the ointment, and wiped Mara's face. I won't leave you. I'm here. I'll always be here for you, little sis. I'll always be here for you, she whispered. She wiped Mara's cheek. Mara turned her head. Flowers, she said. Micah smiled at her. Bye, why, y'all? White flower ointment. She dipped the cloth in the bowl and wiped Mara's cheek. Mara winced. You're angry, she said. Micah pulled back. I'm sorry. Maybe we should wait for Galen. Maru blinked and smiled. 
I'll make some tea, Micah said. She stood up, looked at Morrow, and shook her head. Morrow passed out again. We need you to come now. Centaur in Galen's room. Bionni arrived at Galen in Centaur's room and pounded on the door. Centaur! Galen! Bionni called out. Galen was up first. He pulled his pants on and opened the door. Bionni, what is it? What's wrong? What happened? He asked. It's Morrow. She's been beaten. Come help, Bionni said. She put her face in her hands and started sobbing. Centaur stepped up beside Galen. His jaw tightened and his eyes narrowed. When? He asked, turning to pick up his shirt. He put it on and grabbed his boots. Bionni looked up. We just got back. Mara was hurt. Micah's angry, she said. Galen frowned. You told her not to go out, didn't you? He asked, pulling on his boots. Bionni nodded. Yes, several times. Mara heard us arguing. She asked for Centaur. Galen nodded. Let's go, Centaur said. In the quiet before thunder, Maru, Micah, and Bionni's room. Micah was next to the stove making tea when Galen ran through the open door. Centaur and Bionni were just behind him. Galen knelt down next to Maru's bed. He dropped his ear to listen to her breath. He shook his head. Maru, I'm here. I'm here, he said. He brushed her hair gently. Maru tried to move closer to him. I can't cry, Galen. It, it it hurts to breathe. I'm hurt, she whispered. Galen shifted his weight and leaned over her. Come to me, he said, wrapping her in his arms without touching her. Shh, I'm here. I've got you. Shh, you're safe. Quiet now. Shh, let me see. Show me what happened, he said. He slowed his breath. Show me. He closed his eyes. His shoulders tensed and his fists tightened. He could see what had been done to Mario. A tear welled up and then another. His shoulders shook and he sobbed. Oh, my dear precious one, you are our heart. I will not let you go. I am here. I will keep you, he cried. Mario smiled at him and passed out again. Galen sat back, tears still streaming down his cheeks. I will make something. Try to rest. You are safe now. We are here, he whispered. His voice gentle, determined, and so very, very angry. He slid his hand out from under hers. He stood up, still shaking. Bionni went to get another shirt. Centaur went to talk to Micah. I'm glad you're here, he said. I'm glad you're here, too. You want some tea, she asked coldly. Centaur frowned. Don't, he said. What happened, he asked. Micah shook her head. I don't know. We found her on the way back from the market. Where? Centaur asked. On the south road, just outside the village, Micah replied. How long ago? Centaur asked. I don't know. We just got back, Micah said. Bionni joined them, shaking her head. Mara wasn't on the road, Centaur. She was dumped in a ditch. They beat her and they dumped her in the damn ditch, she said. Her whole body was tight. Centaur clenched his jaw. He lowered his head and looked up without raising his head. His eyes were hard and cold. We will find them, he said. All the warmth he usually had was gone. Mike and Bionni looked at each other. No, I haven't seen him like this, Micah said. Me either, Bionni replied. Galen walked over to join them. I need to make some medicines, he said. She's hurt badly. He shook his head. A tear fell and then another. He didn't try to wipe them. Mike opened a small cabinet. Here's what we have, she said. 
Yes, Galen said, looking at the jars of dried herbs and flowers. This will do, and this... He started pulling jars and bags off the shelf. Bianni put another pot of water on the stove. Did she tell you what happened? Centaur asked. Galen stood perfectly still, and then he nodded. Yes. There were eight of them, he said, the anger clear in his voice. He was crying and ready to fight. He clenched his fists and pulled into his shoulders as if he were getting ready to punch something. Eight? Centaur asked. Galen nodded. Three females and five males, he said. What about her face? Bianni asked. Galen smiled a little. I can treat that. Mara won't even know. It will be gone in a day, he said. Thank you, Mike and Bianni said together. Galen looked down and started crying again. No, you don't understand. She has serious injuries. Her spleen is bruised and swollen. It could rupture both her kidneys or damage. She's got four broken ribs. He looked down and squared his shoulders. She fought well. That's why she can't move her arms. Centaur frowned and nodded. Mara was one of the best Tai Chi fighters on Ra's, too, he said. Galen narrowed his gaze and looked at Centaur. I'm going to stay here with Maru, he said. You have a class to teach. And make sure your new students understand they should not have done what they did. Make it crystal clear, he said. Centaur smiled and raised his eyebrows. Yes, we can do that, he said. Micah grabbed her jacket. We most certainly can, she said. Bianni pulled on her jacket and stepped up beside Centaur. Crystal clear, she said, nodding to Galen. Centaur looked at Micah and then at Bianni. All right, let's go. Not too fast. Keep pace. Stay with me, both of you, he said, frowning at Micah. Micah grinned, shrugged, and nodded. Master Ty had taught them that they could move faster if they stayed together than if they ran separately. And that rhythm would set up an internal coordination they could use to support each other for whatever else they might need to do. They ran out into the night. And that concludes this episode of The Ambassador.